So I'm excited to be here tonight. And uh, you know what? How did you like this morning when everybody sat toward the front? Did you like that? I thought that everybody volunteered to do that this morning. And I understand these folks here are guests here tonight. They're from Amway. Amboy? Yes, sir. Oh, I thought you said Amway. I said, I know that's a soap. <laughs> I didn't know that was a city, but anyway, uh, good to see them. And uh, I hope you're excited tonight as I go through this. Tonight is going to be a teaching thing. And uh, I'll be teaching and preaching. I'll be preaching in it, you know. But I said tonight I was going to show you how that predestination, chosen, and whosoever will are one doctrine. Okay? And I'm very, very excited about it. And there's so much confusion. I'll, be, I'll get into that tonight. But uh, are you doing well tonight? Now let's hear the supers. I want to hear the supers. Super. Come on. I want some enthusiasm. Come on. Well, now he didn't say anything. I said, come on. Hey, I want to hear it louder. All right. That sounds better. You know what? We've got to make sure we look like Christians and we act like Christians because, you know, we're going to heaven. And that's exciting. So the thing is about that, if you come in here with a long face looking like you're the undertaker to take the body away, I'll be scared uh, because you think, well, that guy's ready. But anyway... No, really, I just thank God for the Lord and how good He has been for uh, to me. Uh, we've had uh, such a wonderful time. And uh, th- this morning I told you some things about when I was young, you know. you want to hear some more of that or no, before I preach? My wife said no. <laughs> well, being that you all wanted to hear it, uh, when we were just a little text, my brother and I, uh, we were sleeping, and my mother snuck off to the grocery store. That's not a good thing, is it? And we were in our BVDs, you know, we woke up and went in the washroom, and I don't know how we ended up there, but we turned the water on. And uh, the plug was in the sink. We just let it run. And that water started running from the bathroom to the kitchen and then out the, out the door on the second floor, and it was running over the porch and was dripping down. We saw that. We said, man, this is neat. We went and got an umbrella and sat downstairs under the stairway and just let her run. And uh, about the time my mother came home, the landlady who lived downstairs came out running. Where's all that water coming from? And uh, and she was all screaming and yelling. And is it getting in my cupboards and all kinds of things? And we were sitting there as happy as a lark, you know. And so we were having a good time. And, you know, kids think of all kinds of things, don't they? So you don't want to leave them at home like that. Especially. Just if you got kids that are creative like that, you know. I don't know who thought of that, but it's probably my brother, you know. Another time, I, my, my mother said, well, you can go out and play, but I was just a little guy. I was probably three, four years old. My mother said, just go out and play in the yard. And I said, okay, okay, mom, you be a good boy and you just go in the yard, all right. I want you to be safe, okay. Well, when she wasn't looking, I decided to walk down the road. And we're right by Lake Michigan. So I walked down by Lake Michigan looking out. We got a big bank that goes down to the, to the, uh, to the lake. And, and, uh, I was down there watching and looking and I stayed down there quite a while and they were wondering where I was. And, uh, when I went to come home, the traffic got very heavy. So I got afraid to go across the street and I kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And then I'd see another car and then I'd see another car. And then, so I just stayed there. Well, 
my, my parents called the police to see if they could find me. And so finally some police came along and said, are you lost? I said, yes, I'm lost. So they said, uh, where do you live? And I said, in a white house. <laughs> and so they took me in a squad car and they're driving around all over the place. Evidently, at that point, I don't know if they didn't have the police call or nothing. But we came by my house and and uh, I saw my daddy out there. That was before he died. And I saw him out there and when he saw me, he had a very stern look on his face. So they asked me, is that your house? I said, no. <laughs> so they went around the block and he came back again. And then my dad saw me. He came running out. And then I won't tell you the rest of the story, but it didn't turn out well. Amen? So there's just a few little things. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 1. Predestination chosen and whosoever will. We'll start with verse 1, okay? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. I'm excited about this, and I'll tell you why. But uh, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. According to He hath chosen us before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise and glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved in whom also we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Amen? So here we are in this passage of Scripture, and He says, you know what? We were chosen, when? Before the foundation of the world. Predestinate us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of His will. Now people read this and they say, well, there are some problems here. Amen? And this has become a very controversial problem and doctrine in the Bible. Okay? I've gone to Bible college. I have a doctorate in Bible studies, you know, and things like that. Now listen to me. (laughs) Aren't you impressed? (laughs) Like I said this morning, I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. And I want to be more than that. Amen? But after all that, I knew what I saw... And and uh, and what was practiced by Jesus Christ, the apostles and the early Christians, and myself, and this church, Amen. But many took took us aside and 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 said, you know what? There's Bible contradictions. These things don't fit together. And I said, wait a minute. If the if we say a Bible contradiction, it's not the Bible's fault. It's our fault. Amen. And uh, so, some said, you know, we say that anybody can be come to Jesus and get saved, and and uh, and then others say, no, that's not true. We believe in predestinated. What they mean by this, they said we are preselected. If you're saved, you're preselected, and you're chosen, and nobody else could get saved. And that's the attitude. So chosen before the foundation of the world. Chosen before the foundation of the world. Amen. And uh, having predestinated us. And then we can look at, let's look at Romans 
828 through 31. And uh, we'll, I'm going to try to confuse you, and then I will straighten it out, okay? And after I got you totally confused, don't walk out. Don't walk out. Okay? 828 of Romans. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. To Him He did foreknow, He did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many many uh, brethren. Now we know this, you know, Jesus is eternal. Talking about firstborn, He's talking about His position. Amen? Many were raised from the dead before he, he rose from the dead. But He's the head of the church. We don't believe like the Catholic Church. Amen? My background is Catholic, you know, and the Pope is a dope. I mean, the Pope is the head of the church, they say, and... and they keep changing their doctrines and all kinds of things. Amen? The Bible doesn't change. Amen? Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called be con- called them to be also ju- justified. And whom He justified, He also glorified. So here he, words, he used the word predestinate, and He said, predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, or be like Jesus. You know, when we're out here in the world, we ought to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? When we meet people, they ought to see a smile on their face. Say, yeah, but I've got a lot of problems. Well, I talked about a lot of problems this morning, didn't I? There's problems in this life. You know what? There's sin in this life. And this, this world is all, has all kinds of problems, but this world's not our home. We're just passing through. And shortly this will be over. So we got some great things ahead of us. Is that right? But he has, he said, those he predestinated, he wants us to be conformed to the image of His Son. Amen? Now let's go to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Now Romans chapter 9 tells us some more about this, and uh, starting with verse 10. Well, we back up a little bit, gets us more in context. Let's go to, yeah, let's go to, I said 9 and I was in 10, 11, so that's why I'm confused. And this is the word, a promise. At this time, I will come and Sarah will have a son. Not only this, but Rebecca also had, had conceived and by one, even by our father Isaac. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or any or evil, that the purpose of, of God according to election might stand, not of works, but to him that called. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. It is written, Jacob I love, but Esau I have hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I'll have mercy upon whom I have mercy, and I will have Compassion, whom I have compassion. Then he goes on to say in verse 16, This then is not of them that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore, he, <coughs> therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he hath hardened, he will harden. Okay? 
Now that sounds pretty heavy, doesn't it? But we're going to clear that up by the word of God. Okay, he called them. He said, you know what? All these people, he said, you know, they're, they're, uh, he, he knew, he knew them. He, he said, I, I hated Esau. He said, I let Pharaoh raise up. We're going to get back to that, okay? I'm just going to pass over it right now, okay? Now you're looking at me. Some of you are looking at me like, what? Okay, let's go to John 15. Let's go to John 15, verse 16. Because I don't want you to think I bypassed anything. And I believe you'll be excited tonight when this is done. 15, 16. Jesus talking to uh, the disciples said, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain in that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, He may give it to you. He's saying this, you know what? You haven't chosen me, but I chose you. He's telling His disciples that. And you'll understand this a little bit later, okay? So, we have these scriptures. We read these scriptures about predestined, chosen. It sounds, it sounds you know, before the foundation of the world, before Esau was born, before Jacob was born, Pharaoh was raised up, and he said, to show my glory, okay? Now let's look at Matthew 7.13. I'm going to go a lot of scripture tonight. You say, well, I don't know if I want to hear this message or not. It's really confusing. Uh, Matthew 7.13. Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the destruction that leadeth to the that uh, brought us away that leads to destruction, and many there be that go therein, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. You know, I got so in it, and I'll say to people, you think you're going to heaven? And, oh yeah, I think so, I've been a good person, and all that stuff. And I say to them, you know what? Did you know Jesus said few? He didn't say many, he said few. Few there be that find it. I said, do you realize that? And he said, no, I didn't realize that. So I showed him in Scripture, they said, few. And I said, you know, everybody I talked to today seems like they think they're going to heaven. Have you talked to people like that? You're out there witnessing, oh, yeah, why are you going to heaven? Well, I've been a good person, and so I think I'll go to heaven. Amen? And I said, well, how good do you have to be? He said, well, I don't know. But I never killed anybody. <laughs> That's what they think. You have to murder somebody, you'll go to hell, you know. And I said, well, the Bible says all liars will be cast in the lake of fire. Did you ever tell a lie? And they kind of look with a puzzled look on their face. And I said, if you say you never lied, I'm going to call you a liar. <laughs> and they look at all that, and they, they think, wow, what's this all about? Okay? All right, let's go to Matthew now. Chapter 4, verse 18. We'll back up just a little bit. 4.18. 4.18. In 4.18, Jesus said, Walking by the Sea of Galilee, He saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew and his brother, and casting nets in the sea, for they were fishers. And He said unto them, Follow Me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, why in the world, if certain people were selected... Why would you go fishing? The fish are going to get saved anyhow. I said this. I think I said this this morning. 
I said, why would you worry about fishing? Why don't you just go out in the boat and let them jump in? Amen? Fishy, 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 fishy. Come on, come on, come on. Jump in, jump in, jump in. Now, just a select few, of course, would jump in because people, some people believe that, okay? Now, let's go to Matthew 9.37. Matthew 9.37. Matthew 9.37. Listen to this now. In 9.37, it says this. Then he said unto the disciples, The harvest is truly plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into the harvest. Why would you pray for labors? They're going to get saved anyhow. Why go out there and work and go out there? I, I go out sowing. I was telling them, I go out Tuesday nights. I go out Thursday night. I said, I go out at night because that's where the criminals are. And you've got to save the criminals, right? I mean, we're near Chicago, so, you know, got to get them saved. So anyway, and then I go out on Saturday. And uh, I said, but why go out and do that? Why? You know, there have been times I went out and I was tired. And I said, well, I made a commitment. I'm going to get out there and share the gospel. But why would I do that if they're all predestinated and they're chosen? Right? And here's how he tells us to go out there and pray for the laborers. That's his prayer request. Then we ask for prayer requests tonight. You know, some should be saying, pray for the laborers. Pray for the laborers. Jesus' request. Right? His prayer request. All right? Now I'm going to give you another one. Let's go to Matthew 10, 21. How many think that if you're saved, you're always saved? Forever? You re- do you believe that? Well, let's go to Matthew ten twenty one. Now, this is, doesn't sound very good, but here's what it says. And brothers shall, uh, shall deliver up brother to death, and, and father the child, and the, and the child shall rise up against the father of the parents, and, and cause them to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. My goodness. Didn't you just say that if you're saved, you're always saved? Well, let's deal with that. That's another doctrine, right? Let's go to John, 1 John 2.12. 2, 1 John 2.12. And we'll clear that up right away. 1 John 2.12. It's good to read the Word of God. Isn't that right? Because as you read the Word of God, He sheds so much light on what's going on. 1 John 2.12. I really like this. 1 John 2.12. Here I got these. I'm in Second Peter. Oh my goodness. I turned too many pages. See, I got this New Testament up here. You ever see my New Testament? This is my soul winning New Testament. Okay. <laughs> Verse John, you know, when you get old, you can't see, you know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> listen to this. First John 2.12, I write unto you, little children, are newly born in Christ, because your, your sins are forgiven you, and what? You and, his, and, and, and for His name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known Him that is from the beginning. And I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Right unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. Hey, he said, you know what? You've overcome the wicked one. You've already overcome the wicked one. Now that's good news, isn't it? 
Okay, let's go to let's go to uh, verses uh, fourteen. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him from the beginning. And I write unto you, young men, because you're strong. And the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither things of this world are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You know what? Our old nature loves this world. If we don't keep feeding on the word of God, we find ourselves drifting, don't we? But he never says he's going to let us go. Let's go to 4.4 4 of 1 John. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Hey, you that are just born again, newly saved, you know what? You have already overcome the world. Amen? Because he's in you. Isn't that exciting? So, listen, let's go to 5.4 now, of 1 John. 5.4. Boy, this is really good. 5.4, right? Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen? So, if you're going to endure to the end, you just got to know Jesus. You got to be born again, saved and you can assure you the fact that in the Word of God, you're going to be enduring to the end. I don't know if anything ever happened to you like this, but do you ever feel sometime just God so takes over in your life? I don't know if I told this last time I was here, but if I did, just listen to it again. <laughs> but one night, and I don't know if I told you this, I was preaching at church, and we were having communion. And my, my youth man, now is a pastor right now, he was sitting on a platform with me, and we're taking communion. His dad was in the audience, and he was so glad his dad was there. His dad took communion. He said, my dad's not saved. He said, I don't know why he took communion. He's not even saved. And I said, well, I explained that. He said, oh. And he was kind of shaking his head. So he went to his dad, and he said, Dad, that was for people that were, are saved. He said, well, I am saved. He said, you are saved. When did you get saved? He said, right now. When the preacher was preaching about it, I got saved. Amen? So that was exciting. But his dad was from Michigan, and they wanted to go to the restaurant. He said, I want to go take my dad out and invite the people to come. So he went to a, they went to a restaurant. I said, I can't come right away, but I've got to counsel some people, then I'll come. He said, okay. So I was counseling, uh, I counseled these people. And I got to the restaurant. I just got in the door. And some guy came running in the restaurant and said, If you got any brains, you'll lock that door. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. He's yelling his head off. He ran behind the counter and went into the kitchen. And I thought, what in the world? And right after he, he, he said that, three guys came in. One guy was huge. And two other guys with him, average-sized guys. He said, where, are we? where is he? We're going to kill him. We're going to kill him. And they're yelling. And I thought, what in the world? So they ran Back in the kitchen where this guy was, well, I ran around where the, the, a, lot of the, a lot of the waitresses I knew came out a back door out of the kitchen area. So I ran around that way. And I ran in there when those guys were in there. I said, stop. You can't come in here killing people. I said, who are you, the manager? I said, no, I'm a preacher. 
You get outside and talk to me. And you know what? They followed me. <laughs> they followed me and said, come on. I want to see you. I want to talk to you. And they went outside. And they were cussing and cursing. I said, don't talk like that. They said, oh, we're sorry, preacher. And, and uh, I was putting tracks in their pockets. They, were, they had been drinking and everything and carrying on. And, and, uh, and just a little while, about ten squad cars drove <laughs> up. And he said, oh, we know these guys. They put handcuffs on them and took them away. <laughs> And I said, after I did that, I said, what in the world did I do? You know, somebody come in and kill somebody, say, get under the table. So I run out the door, right? And I wasn't even thinking about that. The Lord just took over. I wasn't worried about anything. I, was, I, wasn't, I didn't even think. I thought, later I thought, well, what was I doing? <laughs> and uh, and uh, so uh, they took these guys away. And, and then the people that were there from our church came into the back room there. We're there all in this room. And he said, Pastor, there was no trouble here before you came. <laughs> so, that was one of my experiences. But he just took over. And there's times when God just takes over. One time I was watching a film about the Muslims. They're yelling, kill America, kill America, kill the, kill the, uh, the, the, uh, the Jews, and, and, and kill a little Satan, and kill the big Satan, America. And I heard that, and there's masses of people just yelling at and uh, this man was, was a former Muslim, and he got saved. And I heard that, and I thought, I'd like to go there and preach to those people. Now, that's not normal. That's why we think, I'm not normal anyway, anytime. But the thing about this is this. When the Holy Spirit takes over, we read all these things about what people are doing in these countries, and they're suffering and all kinds of stuff. But when the Holy Spirit takes over, we're overcomers. He just gives us peace about that. That time to go on, somebody said, "Well, when I go sewing; it makes me nervous, and and I just can't, I can't do that." I said, "Yes, you can. You focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen." Now I want to ask you a question. Some people say, "Well, you got to be good to the end, and you got to make it to the end, and all that kind of stuff." Have any of you ever sinned since you've been saved? How many have ever sinned since you've been saved? What about some of you others? I don't think you raise your hand. Where are you? Have you ever sinned since? Hey, what about you way in the back? Did you ever sin since you've been saved? Yeah, right there. You look behind. I didn't see your hand. I want to see your hand. We all sin since we've been saved. Amen? And the thing is about this, he said, in the book of Romans 14, 23, he said, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Any of you ever panic or get all shook up about something? He said, how am I going to get through this one? I have. Have you? That God, I don't know how we're going to get through this. This is terrible. Amen? But God says, settle down. I'll take care of it. Right? So I'm thankful for that. So I thought I'd just go through it. I took a little sidetrack here away from my theme. Okay? Now, my, I've got a son, Ted, that was going to a Christian school, in quotes. And while he was there, one of the teachers was saying that people that are going to heaven... There's only certain people going to heaven, and they're predestined people. The rest of them are going to die and go to hell. That's what he told them. And he came home one day from school, and he said, Good night, that preacher's pre-. I He said, when I heard that, I asked him if I could preach. If I could preach. And they wouldn't let me. He said, and he had a friend in that school that said, Well, I know I'm bad. I don't think there's any hope for me. And he said, he got so discouraged over that that he wanted to commit suicide. He thought it was hopeless. 
He felt there's no way that he could get saved. Wow. That's something, isn't it? And, uh, and uh, you know, this, this, uh, this predestination, that used to be the old doctrine of the Presbyterian Church. John Knox started that. John Knox was in the 1500s and he said, he established that and he said, certain people are predestinated and others are not. You know what? The Presbyterian Church doesn't preach anything now. I mean, they used to preach the gospel, but then he said, well, the select few, I, they have the attitude that, you know, if they're going to get saved, they're going to come to church. If they're going to get saved, you know, they're going to seek God out and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so that was started in the Presbyterian church. And I, and I saw this stuff and I said, wait a minute. There's churches that believe that everybody can go to heaven if they trust the Lord. And that's exciting. Amen. Do you know what? You look in the Bible, and you know what? Over and over again, he says, in, in, in Galatians 2.20, says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I, yet, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live, I live by what? The faith. Whose faith? The faith of who? The Son of God. That says that over and over and over again. Now, the one thing about being crucified to yourself, can, hey, if we die to self, dead people don't have any requirements. I've never gone to a funeral and a person said, this casket is not comfortable. I don't like it. I don't like the color of it. I never had anybody say that to me. And, and, and people come into the funeral, they hadn't seen them for years, said, yeah, now you come when I'm dead. Why don't you just get out of here? You're my enemy all the time. Why did you come? No. Dead people have no requirements. You know what? The best thing that we can do in life, say, God, I'm available. Amen? Whatever problems come, you can handle it. Right? And then we live by His faith. It says that over and over in the Word of God. We're not, hey, the faith that we have isn't even our faith. It's His faith in us. And then we say, well... Our faith. It does talk about our faith. But the only reason we have faith is because Jesus is in us. Amen? Alright, let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Are you enjoying this? Or have I got you all confused by now? I'm, I, in purpose, I want you confused. Okay. Because I like that kind of thing. Alright. Let's go to chapter 5. In verse 2. And walk in the love of Christ who has loved us and hath given us, given himself for us, and offering a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. But fornication and uncleanliness or covetous, let it not once be named among you as become a saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient or proper, but rather the giving of thanks. Or this no, no, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, or covetous man, Who's an adulterer hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God? Then what else does it say? Let no man deceive you with vain words. Somebody told me that I was a legalist. I said that this morning because we believed in soul winning, separation, and uh, Bible standards and all kinds of things. They called me Jim Jones and Khomeini and all those kind of things. 
But I said, you know what? You folks don't understand that if you love somebody, you want to serve them. If you love somebody, you want to know what pleases them. Amen? Okay, let's go to Romans 10.13. He said, but I want to know the answer to that. You're just going on and on and on. Well, I, I, you know, don't get, don't, you know, enjoy church. eh? Now it says here, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, somebody that believes in selective election, they'll say, well, the people that are, are, are predestined, they'll call. But those that aren't, won't call. Okay? And the other thing is about the eternal security in Philippians 1, six. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he that begun a good work in you shall will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. I like that, don't you? Amen? And if you found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but what? But that which is through faith of Christ. The righteousness that is what? Of God by faith. Amen? Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. You said, well, you can't do all things. I can do all things that Christ wants me to do. Amen? So that's exciting. In Colossians 1.10-11 says this, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasure, being fruitful in every good work, amen, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen you with might according to His glorious power. Amen. Unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. You know what? When the Lord takes over and you suffer for His name's sake, there's a joy. There's a joy. When I was in graduate school in University of Wisconsin, and it, that I told you about this morning about that professor there that tried to tell me there's all kinds of values. And I said, Arnie, the only values that count are God's values. And he threatened and challenged me and all kinds of things. And I said, it doesn't matter. Colossians 2, 9 and 10 says, For in him dwelleth all fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen. And we are complete in him. Amen. Amen. Which is the head of all principalities and powers. He told us in Colossians 2, 14, blotting out all the handwriting ordinances that... Uh, where it was against us and took it out, out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Amen? One of my favorite scriptures, I one time I preached in Romans chapter 8, and I said there's 70 reasons in Romans chapter 8 why we're accessed as a Christian. Who shall separate, amen, from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Nay, we are more than conquerors of them that love. Not just a winner. It wasn't something we're going to win by the skin of our teeth. Amen? More than conquerors. In other words, the enemy will be wiped out. Amen? Now, I forgot the rest of it. I started talking about that and forgot the rest of it. Okay. More than conquerors. For I persuade that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things that come... Any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ. No power on heaven and earth or any place can separate us from the love of God when we're in Christ Jesus. I like that, don't you? We're kept by His power. Amen? But it's time to grow up. Don't be a big baby. 
You know what? I was so excited. I got four children. I was so excited the day that they could say daddy. Amen? Daddy, daddy. Dada, dada. Daddy, daddy. Mama, mama. Well, if they're still saying that when they're 25 years old, I wouldn't be very excited about it. We got a lot of Christians that are like that. Amen? Oh, you're 25 years old? Da, 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 da. Good night. Now, I'm not trying to put anybody down, but it's stay in the Word of God and let's grow. Amen? In Matthew chapter... I don't know what time this is supposed to end. Is there a time it's supposed to end? Okay, that's what about that was what I had on schedule. All right, but in Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen, and nineteen, he said, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel." Why? Why would we go into all the world? People are predestined before the foundation of the world. Why would I go? He says that again in Mark fifteen, sixteen. Go. In Luke twenty-four, forty-six through forty-seven. Amen. He tells to go out there and preach the gospel. Right. You know what? This church that was preaching this predestination was a Baptist church and called themselves Independent Fundamental. Do you know that? You know that? You always say that, yeah, they're a lot of fun and they're mental. But the thing is about, listen, listen to that. And I, my son was in that school and all that kind of stuff. And that group never goes soul winning. Never. And one time, you know when I get done soul winning... I sow in a lot of places. I don't care how cold it is. I don't care if it's 15 below zero. I go out sowing. You know that? I'm tough. I just go out in any kind of weather. I go head right out. I, I head right out to McDonald's and I sow in McDonald's and Wendy's and all those places. You know, the Golden Arches and all that stuff. Jack's Pizza. I go there and sow in. <laughs> and I've been out door to door 10 below zero, but that's not usually my style. I go find people. Amen? That's where the harvest is, wherever there are people. I led people, Lord, at a gas station, a drugstore, grocery store, uh, and parking lots of grocery stores. And I was in a, in, in, by us there was a grocery store called Pick and Save. Do you have those around here, Pick and Save? Well, I was on the parking lot, and I was sharing the gospel, and the manager came out, and he started yelling, What are you doing out here? You can't do this. And I said, What do you mean I can't? I'm just talking to people. He said, you can't solicit. I said, I'm not soliciting. I'm sharing the God. He said, if you don't get out of here, I'm going to call the police. And, and yeah, I'll have you arrested. You get off of my property. Get out of here. And I said, sir, the sign says pick and save. And I said, I'm picking people out and getting them saved. And you're kicking me out of here. <laughs> I always give those people a hard time. And I said, when you get fired from this place, I'll be back. And a lot of them, that's really happened. I didn't really know that. I just thought it would be a good thing. Okay? But God asked us not to be conformed to this world. Now, I need some volunteers. You got any volunteers here? I need some men. Any men here? You can volunteer for me. Come up. Is something men? You want to volunteer? Come on up. Why don't you come up, brother? Why don't you come up? I need some volunteers. I know you're glad to do that. All right. What? Yes, that's what I want. Well, I, I need a couple more. At least a couple more. Hey, you're you're a stranger. Do you want to volunteer? Okay. There we go. They get. They, well, you just don't worry about what you volunteer for. You know. You know, I wouldn't pull any tricks on you or anything like that. Okay. Let's line up here. Let's line up. Let, let's get you guys lined up here. That's right. 
Now here looks like a good halfback. Didn't he look like a good halfback? He's in he he's in perfect shape. I can tell. And I and, and listen, I'm a football coach, and I want I want you guys to be on my football team. And I I got billions of dollars in my pocket. If you don't believe it, I'll just show you. Oops, that's not a billion dollars. Well, that's better than a billion dollars. But what did I do with my billion dollars? But I'm going to pay you guys a billion bucks for a season. But we're going to win the Super Bowl, right? You better believe it. I selected you guys. I looked up all your credentials. Here, here's your billion. I'll prepay you. Okay, here's your billion. You don't want it? No, no thanks. I don't want to join your stupid team. You or you? Yes. My goodness. I chose all you guys. I chose you to be on the team. I selected you. And we, I want to win the Super Bowl. And I need you. Will you join it? I'm not joining it. I told you. I, I, I don't want to. I, I, I'm not going to join your team. Did you hear that? Now, he, he'd make a good lineman. What, what are you? 360 pounds? <laughs> oh, 560. Hey. All right. Do you see what I'm saying here? I chose all these guys, but one said no. You can sit down now. My illustration's over. You're not going to get any money anyhow. Now listen to this. I want to ask you a question. When you read the Bible, was Israel a chosen people? Were they? God says He chose them. And, he, and, and he, most of the Bible is written by, by uh, Jewish people. Prophets. Men of God. Right? And... Uh, and God chose all of them. He said, you're chosen people. But some said no. Today, most of them are saying no. I'd, I'd rather go to hell. I'm not going to... Well, they don't say that part. But anyway, uh, they, don't, they don't want it. Okay? So you don't, don't misunderstand when somebody says chosen. Doesn't mean... You know, I'm chosen. We're all chosen. And I'll show you why in Scripture. This is exciting. You know what? I kept looking at this doctrine for years and years and years. And I thought, what is he saying? How can you say, Esau hated, Pharaoh hated? And I said, and, and some are predestined. And I said, yet you tell us to go to everybody. And you, and, you, and you say they're predestined to be conformed to the image of your Son. We're to be like Christ Jesus. Amen? Now listen. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1. When I was in Australia last fall, and I had my heart attack, I wasn't even thinking about this. Isn't that strange? You read something a million times over. I read my Bible through, and I read it through, and I read it through, and I read it through, and I thought... Good night. You know what God said to me, you dummy? <laughs> he didn't really say that, but he's plighter than I am. But anyway, but I said, you dummy. Let's go to Colossians 1.13. Who has delivered us from this power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of His Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, whose image of the, what, invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. And I said that before. Firstborn, he's number one. He's the head of the church. Amen? He's, he's left us several things. Amen? The Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. Amen? 
And we're to follow the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit will reveal things to us. You know what? This morning, I don't know if this the, 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 the message I preached this morning, uh, that it hits your heart or not. Did it? You better say yes. But anyway, but God put that on my heart one day. I was just reading along, having a good time in the Word of God, and He just put that on my heart. And He said, oh. And you know what? I, I, I've been in places where people just wept when I, 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 when I shared that. I've seen grown men just weeping because of when they start thinking about all those things. In, in fact, when I was in Texas just a little while ago, and uh, I was thinking about my honey, and I said, Honey, Canaan land is just inside. And in my, in my imaginations, I was like she was with me. But today she's with me. I said, Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see it? Getting close. Amen. That's exciting. Now listen to this. For by Him were all things created that are heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by Him. Amen? doesn't matter what it is. They're created by Him. Is that right? Now what else does it say? By Him and for Him. You know what he's saying? All things were created by him and for him. All things. That means all human beings were created by him and for him. Simple answer, isn't it? By him and for him. You were created by him and for him. You were created by him and for him. Young lady, you were created by God and for God. Young man, you were created by God and for God. Everybody in here was. Everybody. And you know what? And he is saying this to us. Okay? Only person that's going to go to hell, they're going to fight themselves into hell because God chose them already. God wanted them. Amen? Why did he hate Esau? God says he loved the whole world. He hated Esau because of his choices and he knew what his choices would be. He hated Pharaoh. Pharaoh, they... (coughs) Pharaoh was given God's commands, God's word, so to speak, and he said, no, I am God. I am the leader. And he kept rejecting and rejecting and rejecting and rejecting. And finally said, you know what? He fought to the last ounce of strength that he had, brought his armies in, everything else, and he rejected it. We got people that are, imp- you know, that are dictators and everything else. They never want to hear about God. We got all kinds of people in this country. They're so edumacated. Are you edumacated? I'm edumacated. <laughs> and they think they're elite. You know what? The person that walks with God is more wisdom than any of these people. They're unsaved as a devil. And they think, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And they think everything is in their hands. And they get real upset when they don't have power. You notice that? Boy, they're fighting like mad in our country. Is that right? Cursing, cussing, carrying on putting everybody down and trying the, the, the liberals are all trying to get power 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 amen well they all want to get power <laughs> but right now the, the, the liberals are out <laughs> right now but they want to get that power back what was Hitler's goal he wanted to rule the world what was Napoleon's goal to rule the world 
We're the communists. They're still, hey, we said the communists have fallen. They're still working. They're working right here in America, in South America. Look at what happened to Venezuela, right? They said their, hey, they said that their inflation is like a million, or, well, I think about a thousand, thousand percent right now. They can't buy anything. They don't have jobs, anything. An elite don't care. They got the power. And that's what they're trying to get. But we got a God that says whatever we have to go through, He'll be right with us. He has a, a course. He wants us to be conformed to the image of His Son. Now, our old nature doesn't like that. Amen? But Jesus was never ashamed of us. When He went to the cross, He took all that shame. He took all those beatings, all that cursing, all that cussing, all that physical pain. He took it. He humbled Himself as a servant. He said, have the mind of Jesus Christ. Amen? But you're selected. Do you know you're predestined? Do you know that you're chosen? Even though this man rejected my offer and all that money, I couldn't give it to him because he rejected it. That was awful. Wasn't it awful? (laughs) That's what people do to Jesus. They go to church and they reject the gospel. They cuss and curse and use God's name in vain. They do all this cussing and follow all the wicked things of the world. They say, well, I think I'm going to heaven. I'm a good person. And these people say, well, you go to heaven because you took communion. You got baptized. You got sprinkled as a baby. We, you know what? Sprinkling us doesn't make us grow or become anything. That, that's for flowers, right? The thing is about this, look. All those things. God is trying to get our attention. He just wants to be so close to us. It's amazing. You know, can you figure that out? How, how come God would love us so much? It's hard to understand, isn't it? The only thing I can understand. You know what? I've gone to a Chinese restaurant, you know. I've been over there in Korea and Philippines. And they asked me what kind of food I like. And in, in, in Korea, they said, do you like tog? Tog. I said, what are you talking about? He said, tog. Spell it for me. T-O-G. Tog. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Spell it again. T-O-G. Tog. You don't know what tog is? I said, I don't know. I don't know. I said, could you, could you find me an English Korean dictionary? And I went there and I said, he said, there it is right there. Dog. He couldn't say it. He couldn't say dog. And I didn't know what he was talking about. He asked me, but you dog. And they asked me in the Philippines, they had a dog cooking over a fire. And they said, you, you want to stay for dinner? I said, no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm in a very big hurry right now. <laughs> and, and they said, they said to me, why don't you like to eat dog? And I said, well, in America, dogs are friends and we don't eat our friends. <laughs> but I, I don't understand we don't eat cats. I would, no, I, no, I like all those pets. I like all those things. Listen to me now. Isn't it wonderful to be saved and know that wherever we go, if anybody wants to accept the Lord as their Savior, anybody ever you go out there and lead people to Christ and said, are they really saved? Anybody tell me that? Did they really get saved? I said, I don't know if they really got saved, but I know they were really lost before I talked to them. Can't get any worse than that, can it? And you know the gospel, and when the day comes in our need, they're going to listen to us. I led a man to the... I, I, I gave out tracts and shared the gospel with a man, and he wasn't interested. And one night I was out 
And we were trying to find somebody, and we just happened to go to McDonald's. It didn't, there weren't too many people, but there's a bunch of people sitting in the corner. And this man was sitting there, Spanish fella. Almost everybody around those Spanish are black. We're the minority <laughs> where we live. But anyway, I went, I, went to the, I went into the McDonald's, and this man was in the corner. He said, you gave me one of those, he said, million-dollar bills. He said, when I was down, I took that, I read that, and I asked Jesus to be my Savior. I said, wonderful. And there are eight other people with him. And I said, I said to those folks, I want to tell you how you can go to heaven. Would you like to know you're going to heaven? And he said, yes. Now, many of them were Spanish. I, couldn't, I don't speak Spanish. I always tell them I only know a little Spanish, but I speak muy important Spanish. Yo quiero Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. And, uh, and I always say that to him. But, so I shared the gospel with them, and he was my interpreter. And all eight of them trusted Jesus. Amen. And, and I could hardly see anybody in there, but I saw this group in the corner. Amen? Amen. But God wants them all. There's nobody he doesn't want. Anybody says that, hey, somebody comes along and tells you they're predestined. You just saw him in the book of Colossians. He made everything by him and for him. Everything. Amen? Amen. And you know, if you study those things, you study all the things that God has created, it's amazing. Amen? The little cell in your body, all the reactions that go through, we don't even think about it. Heart's pounding all the time. Mine's been pounding still uh, for 83 years. Wow, that's a lot of heartbeats, right? But I don't, I don't sit there and say, heart, heart, heart. I'm talking to you. Keep pounding. When I go to sleep at night, I have to wake up. Hey, hey, you stop pounding. No, God keeps all that stuff going. Amen. Let's stand.